I'll go to cool.com. Hey, everybody. It's Thursday night, and it's time for another Kingdom of Loathing co- cocktail, this time with a special podcast, West of Loathing edition. Mm-hmm. I'm Jack. I'm Riff. And I'm Hot Stuff. <laughs> yeah! Right. That was about it. Uh, I haven't even been drinking. I don't know. I'm slurring you're, my speech. You're, you're high on success. Uh, maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. I'm high on the steam charts. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we made a video game called West of Loathing, and it, people really like it, and I'm stoked. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, pleasantly surprised, I guess. Like, yeah. we were mm-hmm. extremely nervous that, like, our, our like diehard KOL fans would would play it and be like, "This is fun," and then that would be all that would yeah. happen. We were we were worried that like lifetime sales of the game were going to be like five to ten thousand copies, which would have made it very hard to decide what to do. Yeah, as a company. Yep. Um, but that was exceeded immediately yeah. <laughs> and has now been exceeded many fold. Yeah. Um, which is like. That it's first just day, fucking great. Yeah, yep. first day was touch and go. I mean, it, like, it was a little nerve wracking. I was by the end of the first day, I was not convinced that we were in good shape. Okay. Um, it wasn't until those that that level of sales continued through into the second day that I was like, oh, okay, this is actually. Oh, because right, because if we had just this is actually very very successful now. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's like you know, I was a little like. I, the the night before it came out and like the first few rinky dink reviews got published and they were oh, very God, lukewarm yeah. like and seven, I was like oh God, it's just stuff. sevens yeah. across the board and everybody hates the combat and then Polygon nine like oh okay yeah every yeah. All right. it, it, it's, it was weird it's like those it's like the 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 big like money name places like Polygon and Kotaku and Rock Paper Shotgun were were super favorable and but and like the middling like. 7.5 reviews were like rinky dink little places I'd never heard of. Just some, yeah, some, some guy's blog. I mean, yeah. what, you know, it's, yeah, I, I mean, you know, and, and that's fine. I get like, I guess if you're a smaller outlet, you aren't as constrained by like the realities of business to like kind of need to be a little more polite, I guess. But mm. it also just seems like those reviewers just liked it more. Yeah. Yeah. I and think I, we got extremely lucky, right? I, I mean, I wonder if also like if West of Loathing is a game that is a nice respite from being forced to play every gun bro oh, game that comes that, across. Yeah. Right. So like if you are, if you're the indie RPG guy, it's not enough of a change of pace. I, you know, I don't know. There's, there's really no way to know. I am. Um, well, I, th- I think we're, we'll probably talk to a lot of people at PAX and we'll, we'll learn all, we'll learn all the more. things. We'll learn all the secrets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so we've been, we've been real happy and, uh, hot stuff has been real tired doing a lot of support, uh, tickets and stuff. Yeah. We, although you've, you've finally taught other people how to, <laughs> to, how to, how to handle stuff, that. But yeah. we still need to like actually, like there's a bunch of stuff that I need to actually, now that, now that I can actually look away. I, uh, there's just so much stuff to get done. Like it's amazing. Like I thought after yeah, it's weird launch, how much busier you got after launch. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, right before and before and after launch. Like I feel like your last month of like two months. Your last pre-launch month, yeah, was way busier than any month prior to that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think that some of that is that you, you just caught the panic and you were like, oh fuck, now we actually have to do all of the things that have been on our list of things to do in the future. Yeah. So. There's a like because we're not really used to having like a hard out for something on uh, a, like this scope, right? right? Um, you know, we yeah, have, having like, a launch date was terrifying. Yep, 
We had we like held off for a long time because we were like, well, we can always push it back a week if we have to, and we just were like, no, let's just do it. We got we got it. We got yep. the game in great great shape. We got a bunch of beta testers. We got a, we had so much fucking feedback. Yeah, and it was really good. Like, yeah, we learned so much about how to not fuck up really important aspects of your video game from doing stuff before this so it's and like yeah just like the feedback we would get like you know there'd be bugs that people would find and stuff like that but then they would be like this part wasn't fun and we'd be like okay you know like one person says it and we're like i don't know and then two or three people said okay 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 yeah clearly it's not we need to flush this out yep yeah like um should we just get into these questions oh yeah yeah, we have a ton of like probably have a ton of, of we do yeah and the, i think a lot of what we would choose to say on our own uh here we will say in in okay. response to somebody that's cognitive good. disco dance which god i still love that name that's a good name it's uh for arg like stuff in west of loathing do you plan to include it from the start or is it something to boost <laughs> flagging creative enthusiasm in the middle or content added near the end to round things out there isn't really that much arg like stuff in i mean there's nothing like a traditional arg right there's nothing outside of the game that right that, uh, yeah, there's like you know, means one puzzle that's kind of meant to be community solved, but I wouldn't call that an ARG in any way. Yeah. And, and I was sad to find out that that was apparently data yeah, mined. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's a bummer. But Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, you know. Uh, Chase G says, what is something you think people missed on their first playthrough? There are lots of things mm. that you almost definitely didn't get to, but they'll be different for everyone. Like, yeah, the yeah. there are so many of those good... That initial set of, like, however many, like, you know, 60 random encounters that you, that Riff, you spent so much time, mm-hmm. like, fleshing out and making into real characters and real sort of choices to make in there. Like, you can play and not see a third of them, a yeah. tenth of them. And it's even really. before you get into, like, the ones that just aren't possible to see if you didn't take the right horse. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um... Yeah, so there's there's just a ton of a ton of things like that. I you know, we got more and more generous with giving out map locations over the course of development because we felt like it was better to have it was better to have playthroughs be more similar than it was for people to feel like there wasn't anything for them to do. Um and I didn't ever want people to have to use the wander button because I don't really like it. What why don't you like the wander button? Um it just feels grindy to me okay you know it just it feels like that should it's a thing that should be there if you want it but i don't want it and i don't want the game to make you need it certainly okay um it's interesting because on the exact flip side you put those infinite fights in yeah the infinite fight generators like the goblin dispensers or whatever yeah um yeah yeah and i don't exactly understand why one is appealing is it because it's it's more predictable yeah and you're doing it like you're picking what's happening to you when you use those goblin dispensers like you're autonomously deciding i want i want a goblin fight so i'm gonna hit the goblin fight lever as opposed to i don't know what to do so i'm gonna let random things happen to me okay you know um I mean, it's weird because it kind of is the most like KOL of anything mechanically in the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I like KOL that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Riff? What do you, what, what's something you think people miss? I'm not 7 out of 5. 7.5 out of 10. Ooh. 
Uh, uh, come back to me. <laughs> I got to okay. Happy Dance says, "West of Lo- or, or, uh, do you have any uh, any specific things that you think that people didn't pick up on hot stuff?" Uh, I mean, there were definitely some some puzzly things that people missed. Although it looks it seems like they've figured those out, and I don't know if they figured some of that stuff out forwards or through data mining. Um, oh, I thought of it. Okay. Uh, I bet nobody has seen uh, what the narrator says to you if you look at the spittoon in Frisco having never uh, mined any of the other spittoons. Yeah, did we, we probably should we put a, yeah, we should have put tracking on that perk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I kind of forgot that that whole thing existed yeah oh yeah because that's not something because that gear is so good yeah. that you would yeah. always just do it on and such just, a and everyone loves those spittoons so much that yeah there's, there's there's just no way anybody gets to the end of the game without having investigated any of them i'm always happy when people uh like so much of the and uh, you know we'll, we'll get to this in a but so much more of the writing in this game is is riffs than mine and it always makes me happy when people like, because I see all this praise getting heaped on Riff's jokes, and I love it, and I'm real happy, and I'm happy people like it, and I think that you did a really amazing job. But I always also get a little bit of extra charge when I see somebody like tweeting one of one of my jokes. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, did like, you see the one this one earlier today? The uh, the graveyard or the graveyard? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's fine. Those those are the ones that are just like straight up references to things. I'm less excited. Okay. The, the one that I think makes me the proudest is how many people love the this must be the math tent. Yes, uh, right. that's what uh, I was just the, gonna say. I love yeah, that one. That's, <laughs> and I don't remember which one of us. There was that burned out building and that just pops up. This must be where they stored their fire. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Remember. I don't remember if that like that seems like something that you or I would write yeah. about that. <laughs> Um. Ah, yeah, it's pretty good. And somebody finally the somebody found the saltpeter <laughs> joke. Oh, which, which one? Was, uh, I forget. I forget exactly what the description is. It's just it, it's. Uh, let me look it up in the actual tools. Uh, Shaker of saltpeter says uh, this was the subject of a classic comedy bit at the Last Supper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Somebody, somebody retweeted that as a as a good like solve for the joke, yeah. joke, which we don't get to we don't get to do in writing that much. Uh, Happy Dance writes: West of Loathing is amazing. Will we see ourselves leaving the West for any DLC, or will any DLC try to remain in the Wild West setting? It'll be in the Wild West setting as much as most of the game is in the Wild West setting, right? Like it's uh, some of it will some of it won't even be in Earth setting. Dun, man. Dun, 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 dun. Um. Olivier says, hey guys, I'm loving the game so far and it's easy to see all the hard work you put into it. I'm wondering if there's a quest log anywhere in there. My unstructured brain could really use some orders. Thanks for the great game and podcasts. Oh, well, thank you for saying so. There was always going to be a journal, but then when we got like a year and a half into development and nobody had done any work on the journal and nobody really knew what it was going to consist of or anything, we were like, uh, fuck. Um, if you, and if you talk to your partner if you if you need like a reminder of all the stuff you've got going on your partner will will list off errands you've told people you'll do yeah they do okay at that yeah. um it could definitely uh, the, be better the, it could definitely be better it could be more clear about like where you are in particular quest yep. lines and stuff yeah. and i mean that's that's fine that's just labor to put that in there cuz it doesn't even 
I deliberately wrote those so that we didn't have to do them per partner. Yeah, thank right. God. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, you. it just was like, there's already so much work there that it was at, like... Because every, um, par- every partner says something different about every location. Like every screen yeah. that the partner they're, exists yeah, on. Yeah. on. Um, and some of them are really funny, too. Like, you have to... You just have to play through the whole game and talk to every partner with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so we just decided, like, all right, well, this is this gives the partner a more mechanical reason to exist, and also it gives you a. It's also a way to do it, like, unless you do a quest log that is just straight up like this is a piece of UI and not yeah. a thing in the world. It, which I don't. I mean, that's what we do in KOL, right? But it's. I, I just don't even know how I would write a quest log for for this. And it's also it, it ended up being third person more yeah, like you told somebody that you would do this for yeah. them. The person told you that they, but it's like why you know, do you are you carrying around a book where you you the character wrote that down? Like it, right. it's I mean is, is that second person you did this? Yeah. Okay. Third person would be he did this. Yeah. Okay. So maybe. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could be written from the point of view of uh, your future historian. A historian. Yeah. Like you have this. You have this history book that fell through a time portal yeah. that tells. What, but it, but you can it's only, only updating yeah. as you do stuff, which yeah. is very. What kind of time travel is that? Oh, that's a. It's yeah, Looper. It's yeah. Very looper it's style a very Looper time style, time, style time. The kind you love. Yeah. <laughs> your favorite. Yep. Your favorite kind of logic. It was so cool that guy's fingers were disappearing. Because of tr- it was so good. It's dumb. That was such a good That's scene. So dumb. Plus, wasn't that Paul Dano? I believe it was. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> I like just imagine just being able to cut off Paul Dano's fingers. Was Paul Dano? That's so good. He was. He was also in that Brian Wilson. Uh, movie, oh, I don't know. John Cusack and Swiss Army Man. No. Well, oh yeah, yeah, yes. But you should you should see the 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 one where he plays Brian Wilson. Mm, yeah, really I bet good. that would be real good. He's real good in uh, no, uh, There Will Be Blood. I watched oh, There Will yeah. Be Blood and No Country for Old Men like the same couple days. Oh, that's got to be a mess. In I always head. had them mixed up in my head. Yeah, yeah like I, like I had I just would not have been able to tell you within fifty years when either of them was set. I don't think before the. Uh, I was really pleased with all of the uh, achievement titles that uh, that we came up with. Oh yeah, yeah. No we did do okay on that. Uh, no Country for Old Gods. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the rest of them <laughs> so here's here's a question that i have for you two uh we, you know we're talking about doing content and we're hoping to have some dlc before the end of the year and stuff like that we had a long time to work on west of loathing and a long time to like think about it and write it and add stuff and like ruminate and stuff like that are you concerned at all about trying to do things a little more quickly and whether that's going to have an impact on like uh, the quality of it, yeah, the quality, the variety, the like, like what? I mean, I guess we've been doing this for fifteen years, so like, this is a dumb question in some ways because like, I've never, I've never been like, oh, well, are you concerned that we won't have, we'll run out of jokes before the next time <laughs> of the month or something like? Because like, we just that just has never happened, so maybe I'm just, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's just like now that there's like a bunch of spotlight on us because of just all the attention we're getting i'm like oh no are we gonna are we gonna be able to like do anything else but like of course we are yeah of course we are yeah Yeah, it's i I don't yeah i I don't ever i mean i guess because i don't get to i don't i'm not the writer i don't get to like like i have to like i have to trust that you guys are just gonna keep being funny yeah (laughs) and it's really scary yep (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, I, but I think that every every creative person like has that has fear, this yeah. voice inside them that someday they're going to go to the well and it's just going to be dry. Yeah. And I don't know of anyone that that's ever happened to. Huh. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess you do. You definitely see like, oh, well, I guess this band only had one album in them. Sure. You know, but who knows? You know, it's like. I, Word Realms wasn't bad because we ran out of ideas, you know? Sure. It just, we tried to do something that we weren't good at, and, I, you know, it was... And, I mean, it it was a very expensive education, and we have... Yeah. That education has paid off, <laughs> I think, right? God, contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Yeah. Is, that was great riff. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so good. Um yeah, uh, the the achievement for learning sixty nine El Vibrato words was originally the El Vibrato translation of the words chunky feces because that was always the joke about it. Like we named the island in KOL after the player who discovered it, and we knew we were going to do that, but we had a contingency plan in case it was chunky feces who discovered it because he was one of the people that was looking for it. I guess Chunky Feces might be a girl's name. I shouldn't <laughs> jump to that. True. But, uh, but yeah, how lucky were we that like El Vibrato just sounds like something that belongs in yeah, every right? setting. It's great. <laughs> this is so good. I wonder if that player is still around. Um, anyway, uh, no, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about the DLC being cool because we can make a lot of shit really fast now. Yeah. Like the, the like we spent like a year making the prologue and then a year making the entire rest of the game and like the last like two thirds of it were really done in like a three months maybe like yeah, it, it took me but it, like a ton of a ton of my time at the beginning was kind of blown bumbling through making the circus <laughs> so <laughs> right learn learn learning to to uh you know what what we're good at and maybe maybe you do yeah, and, and also like design and i just stick to writing is a <laughs> sweet up idea sure yeah i guess but i mean it, but it also just like i always had an idea in my head of what like a room was going to look like in this and i didn't tell anyone <laughs> right like it wasn't until we had made a bunch of them that anybody had any way of knowing like what what does it mean for a place to exist in this in this kind of thing yeah, yeah. um but yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm curious, like maybe this first DLC is going to be way fucking harder than I think it's going to be for us to make that like a compelling hour or two of gameplay. The, uh, so there is, there is the concern that maybe, uh, someone will reject an hour or two of gameplay for five bucks. Yeah. That's, that is another question actually. Cause like we are giving people 20 to 40 hours of gameplay if they want that uh, for 10 bucks. But I do think that almost everyone understands that, like, if they had known ahead of time how big the game was, they would have paid more for it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I yeah. mean, it's speaking of which, the next, I guess we, next can just question. Be, we can just be super upfront about it. We're like, right. this is much shorter than the original game. This is a couple of hours of content and. You know, this is yeah. how much it costs. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you, you, can, too you can always wait, wait for it, for it to be on sale. sale. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's not going anywhere. That's true. Uh, speaking of which, phone writes, Hello. What was your decision to choose 11 whole dollars as the price point for West of Loathing? Do any of you find shorts to be easy and or comfy to wear? Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I used to exclusively wear shorts. Riff, I don't think I've ever seen you wear shorts except 
No, you even have to sleep in like long pajama pants. Yeah, I had like a pair of raggedy cutoff jeans that I used to wear like in summers, but that was like years and years ago. Now I just don't leave the house in the summer. <laughs> uh, I used to like more or less exclusively wear cargo shorts yeah, when I, I lived in, shorts, in Arizona. Yeah. Um, just cargo shorts and flip flops all the time. You could do it all year round, and it was just as stylish in the summer as it was in the winter. Um, now, uh, it's basically the opposite in every day. Yeah, I only wear jeans every day, and so do you, basically, right? No, it's just no. back and Do you wear shorts? No. Like probably 20% of the time. And that's why West of Loathing is $11. <laughs> uh, so we, the price point was a big point of contention for a long time in the development. Uh we had originally thought ten bucks, and then and then we like started making the game. We're like, oh, this is way more than ten dollars. Yeah, this, this is going to cost way too much for us to sell it <laughs> yeah. for ten bucks. Again, thinking that we were going to sell five or ten thousand copies. Yeah. of it. Uh, and then we're like, okay, well, twenty bucks. That's that. You know, that's like uh, a fire watch. That's a gone home. It's a single lap dance. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's a discount. A discount lap dance. Okay. But still, I mean, yeah. that's you don't. You don't want the high end. You don't want the high end stuff anyway. That's it's not relatable. Uh, and then we got extremely good advice, uh, which was that this game does not look like anything at all to somebody who's not familiar with it with yeah. KOL, and they are not going to pay twenty bucks for it. And and we started we started gaining confidence that we would be able to chart on Steam because we learned how few sales it actually takes to hit the top seller charts. And we also were able to avoid potentially things that other companies don't realize, which is that like uh, every, I guess they're called SKUs, uh, every SKU competes uh, separately. So we like didn't do a bundle. We didn't do pre-sales. We, yeah, we did. We just we learned because we know a bunch of people who've <clears throat> been successful in publishing games on Steam. We just got a lot of good advice. Yeah, um, and it and like we would have fucked. We would have fucked this whole thing. We would have. We would have done bad. a lot of things wrong if we had. Yeah. If we had been left to our own. like, if we did not live in San Francisco, this would have not been. Yeah, anywhere near as as possible to do. Yeah. I mean, it's like th- this. I think really more than anything, like the thing that. <sighs> The thing that gives me such a profound feeling of relief that this has gone well is like not only do we get to keep the band together and keep making video games as a, as a big bunch of buddies who all really like our jobs, but it means that the last three or four years worth of decisions that we made were not stupid failure decisions, <laughs> but but that we like right. you know. <laughs> This is which because it was super unclear. Yeah, it's yeah. Up until I like mean, Thursday like, morning. <laughs> yep. um, I mean, I, I, I was always really confident that everyone that played the game was was going to love the game, uh, but I was not confident that we would be able to get the word out. Yeah, we also just did a lot. We did more than no marketing we did a bunch of work promoting and we i mean the, the most still, important we're still working the most it. important part of that work was hiring emily morganti yeah. who did the she normally only works on adventure games um but this was enough of an adventure game that she took it and also she had worked with she had worked with campo santo to to do pr for firewatch and they recommended her and and yeah. what was incredibly important about the way that she approached things was she did not know anything about kol and so she didn't she stopped us from like having messaging that made no sense Ah, if you didn't already know what we were doing. Like she was just a great early sort of sieve for 
uh, for a bunch of things that we just would not have known that we didn't know. She, I mean, she she was like, are you sure you want the game to be $11? And we're like, yes, it's dumb, but it will resonate with our fans and it will, it will, it will make them laugh. Yeah. And that that's kind of worth it. Um, plus, we can we'll do the launch sale at ten percent off, which means we'll be under ten dollars, which is what the the really critical yeah m- moment. I mean, was. that was the, so. The idea was if you can chart on Steam and you are less than ten dollars, a lot of people will just buy it because it's not much of a risk, like a thing yeah. that they've never heard of. They'll click through, see what the Steam reviews look like. Um, we also we got very lucky with early good press. Yeah. Uh, we did not think that this game was streamable like YouTube at streamable yeah. at all, but like literally every YouTube streamer that I am aware of did a significant and very warm, very positive stream or show or let's play or whatever of it. Yeah. Uh, and that we did not expect at all. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I think we definitely made the right choice by pricing it here. Like, you know, the, the idea that like, you know, in, in talking to the, to the Campo guys about like, well, but if we're only going to sell 5,000 copies, selling it at $20 would mean we make twice as much money. But that's like, well, if we're going to fail, we might as well fail fast, <laughs> like twice, yeah. twice as slow or something. Right. It's just, yeah. you know, um, ghost slash Turkey, man. Oh, nice. <laughs> says, uh, if you were to show West of Loathing to yourselves from before development began, what aspect of the game from the past, uh, uh sorry, what aspect of the game would the past versions of you find most surprising? Hmm. Huh. I recently was cleaning up my desk uh, at the office because I hadn't had time to hadn't had time to really tidy up lately. And I found the initial like four or five page design document that I that I made. Yeah. And it more or less exactly describes the product that we shipped. (laughs) Um. I think that I did not. So, like, something that would have surprised me was uh, the Potemkin gang puzzle, mm-hmm. where there is gameplay stuff that actually involves other characters moving around on the screen, mm-hmm. because that's just a thing that I did not build any affordances for into the into the uh, the the like systems design requests from the programmer it just it just so happened that he generalized enough stuff and made enough stuff possible to us in the scripting that oh we can just make people run around and react to you in real time as you do stuff which is was not in the spec like that's just not something that i thought of doing yeah um like a very late uh, feature was uh, the ability to sort of have a second thing besides the player on the screen that was interesting and that would move the that, camera. Yeah, that meant the camera would focus on anything interesting. And so if, yeah, it, what what I asked for the feature for was there were times when there was like a thing happening on the edge of a zone and you'd walk up to it, but the collider for you reacting to it would trigger before you had really gotten a chance to look at it. Yeah. And what I wanted was for, for it to do like the video game thing where the camera kind of sweeps toward an important thing when you get close to it. And it worked really well for that. But yeah, what, but then Kevin started finding... And then I was like, oh, wait a second. I can just hide the player entirely and then just use this to control the camera through scripting so I can just do whatever the heck I want. And so that's like, like that's how the opening credit scene... Like the, op- the opening credits is in engine. Uh, it's not like a... Like, yeah, so are, the, so are the closing credits. Yeah. Those are all just like copies of areas with new dudes jumping around in them or whatever. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. It, the, I, it would definitely surprise me how 
how data driven we managed to get everything. Like, cause I always wanted yeah. that, but I assumed that it wouldn't be possible. And like, we use our same goofily designed scripting language that is like the dialogue tree language from KOL with a million extra features bolted onto it to do like everything. It's really kind of amazing. It's, it's like, I, I don't know that, that this is an important distinction to somebody who's not already making games, but like we, like uh, Zach and Riff and I had to actually be in Unity very little of the time. Yeah, I never we were, used it at all. Yeah, so Riff never even opened Unity. Yeah. Um, Zach, Zach and I opened up occasionally, um, and I started doing it a little bit more at the end um, to, for a handful of things that needed it. But uh, but most of the time we were just editing scripts, which were which are stored. As, a, as separate data files on our server. Yeah, we just made, we have a set of web tools that really look like the tools that Kingdom of Loathing runs, Kingdom of Loathing content is developed in. Yeah, and then um, that is just, that gets, that's a data package that you can then, in the dev, in the development build, you can just reload on the fly. So you can make a change, hit a reload button, you don't have to get a new build of the of the game at all, and it just reloads all the data into the thing, and then and suddenly the, the conversation that you just did yeah. is now updated, and you can yeah, run yeah. through it and make sure it works. And if it doesn't, it takes... 30 seconds to like make a change and reload the data. You don't have to rebuild the game every single time. Yep. And that's like, that's what working on KOL is like. And that's why we were, uh, have been able to like iterate on stuff so fast and like fix things really quickly. And now it's a little more complicated because patch we, you know, we have to like issue patches to steam and right. so we have to like, all right, well, we can't really just be dicking around breaking other stuff. Yeah. Like, like so it's we we, and, we were super fast. I mean, and I, I I really actually liked this methodology. Like you doing a bunch of like make a bunch of stub out a bunch of zones, and then you go through and you start adding content to them. And Riff goes in and adds writing and stuff like that. But you're not both of you are not being super careful about how things work. And then I come through once things are like seventy to ninety percent complete, and then I just like polish it until it's actually like like the interface works well and like the dialogue trees work well and stuff like that and that that worked really i feel like that worked really really well yeah um because everybody was just sort of playing to their strengths because i'm i'm super anal retentive so i'll like (laughs) i'll go through every branch of a a tree of like a dialogue tree and make sure that it makes sense and i'll like restart it 20 times so that i can start from every possible entry point i i do wish that we had gotten into that swing much earlier in in uh the the process because i just i feel like so much of your work got backloaded Right. And it's, yeah, it was really stressful. I think, yeah, it was really stressful for you. And I think that you doing, you know, 30% more work over 150% more time would have been, would have been like, it it would have made the game even better. And like, you would have gotten to, like, I, I want, I wish there had been more opportunities for you to contribute puzzles and stuff, you know, for, for yeah. you to, to, to work on content. And they're just like, by the time, by the time it really got down to it and with the deadline looming, we just didn't, there just wasn't time. Um, you know, the puzzles that you did put in, I think are all great. Um, and mm. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, it, it sh- I've got reservations about a couple of them. But, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, the, like the military cemetery thing is fucking great. Yeah, like that, that was just super, super fun to do. The, 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 uh, Granny Smith, uh, cemetery. Pu- Why are all these puzzles in cemeteries? I don't know. Um, you know, I just, I like that one. I like, I, I like to me the, the sort of that started with the little Becky. Yeah. Medium Becky, <laughs> big, 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 big Becky. Like, uh, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, it's just you know, and, the, and that, the, so that's kind of interesting. Thing. Like, so so you stubbed out a graveyard, and there were twenty four graves, and you had like sort of said, "Here are the names. Uh, there should be a puzzle here, right?" And so like, then yeah. I come back in, and I like 
fill in all of the details and like make a little logic puzzle thing and then riff comes in and he's like this this doesn't seem fun and then he like tweaks it a little bit and then suddenly we have a puzzle that's pretty cool and different you know like and i feel like we have a bunch of different puzzles and they're all pretty different in the game yeah yeah i'm not i'm not totally satisfied with the one i did which is the 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 signpost one but it was it was super Late game. Oh, the, the, the 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 petroglyph thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I it's didn't different, know. Though. It's different than everything else. I yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, you also designed um, Jumbleneck Jumbleneck Mine. Oh yeah, and that's Ghost, true. And yeah. Ghostwood. And oh, you did the Ghostwood Ghost puzzle. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's <laughs> like there's all kinds of things, and each again, each one is just a totally different take yeah. on on a thing, right? Like, and I think the novelty of experience is also like. People are people, one of the things that people keep talking about is how like every time you poke something, it's like it gives you a little fun new interaction. Mm-hmm. And the same thing I think is true of all the puzzles. It's like every puzzle that you find is like a as like a new thing. We don't I really ever reuse any mechanics. Yeah, you know, this is so cheap to make, right? Well, like we sure. might as well do something. Like yes. I don't have I don't have like a a dogmatic opposition to reusing a puzzle mechanic the way like a a Michael Bro or a or sure. a Jonathan Blow does, but. I, we just don't need to, you know, like, cause it's not like it's, I, I recognize that it's not fun to solve the exact same puzzle twice the way, like, um, I did all the Elvibrato stuff. Like that was essentially like a hundred percent me. I yep. think, I don't think anyone else did like rifted rifted some of the like conceptual, like this is maybe what this area yeah. was for. Um, and then, but I ended up having to change some of it just for, for like, uh, kind of presentability. Um, yeah, I I did, um, I like wrote the dialogue for the professor and I think that is pretty much all I touched of El Vibrato. Yeah, that was, I spent a lot of time on that and I think that it's a thing that's pretty out of the way that a a lot of people aren't going to see a whole lot of it. Um, People, I mean, anecdotally, people are definitely d- yeah. digging in. I mean, we, you know, we've got some data about what That's people, are, what people are doing too. Like, we know how many people finish the game by giving Norton the El Vibrato crown. It's not very many, but we know how many people contain. By the way, spoilers. Uh, sure, in this podcast, <laughs> um, which I that is not that is like you know uh, going to be necessarily smaller or or equal to the number of people who get the contain Roberto mm-hmm. achievement. I really like that. I I, I like our achievements because some of them are hard some of them are about just doing things that are out of the way um yep you know they require multiple playthroughs like it's i, I think we did an okay all the achievements that, that are currently possible to get are have yeah. been gotten none of them are real tedious is there one that's currently not there's one that's broken ah, rats. Oh. is it fixed for 102 <laughs> it is is it is it, okay. is it uh crash your computer by haggling a goblin down to one meat <laughs> <laughs> It is not. Yeah, I need to fix that. that. Somebody, actually not like, somebody needs to. Somebody. Hey, uh, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna give myself a Trello card right now for. Um, yeah. Add periodic CLS to haggling dialogue. <laughs> um, I said it that way so that you would know I spelled it right. Um, it. I don't know where that is. It's a random encounter. I. But I don't know it's, where. It's, Just, the, find it. it's the. It's the. It's a. Boots goblin. Boot. Yeah. yeah. A boots goblin. Yeah. He's like making boots or polishing boots or something. I have a, I have a way in to okay. it if you need it. 
Sorry, now I'm just answering email while we're on the That's podcast. That's great. Uh, uh, we just, uh, wait, I just contributed, again. like, we've been trying every year to add some prize money to the IF comp pool, and I just got an email back from the guy with a question about it. So, um, anyway, uh, back to these questions. Where are they? Uh, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo Bill says, I was going to ask on the AMA, but when I got there, it was over. Sad face with some grizzled stubble. Yeah, the, the AMA didn't hit the front page, and so it was like kind an order of magnitude smaller than, than uh, which makes me a little sad, but but it's fine. I mean, if everything else hadn't gone so well, it would have been more sad, but it just I think Reddit is bigger than it used to be, and so it's harder to... I th- well, they're also, you're also competing against two other, like a Jessica Biel AMA and something else that had like had already reached the front page that's oh. also a game dev thing oh yeah it was that loot uh fuck i played it i forget what it's called yeah, I don't know. um it's like a game where you're a wizard with real destructible you're a wizard uh harry larry with yeah. real destructible terrain um <laughs> anyway only two of the four horses are of the apocalypse bug or feature also does this mean the return of weekly kol podcast i really miss it um i don't know it's definitely more likely now we we'll definitely want to spend a little more time thinking about KOL and making some yeah. KOL content. A little more time thinking about KOL and a little less time thinking about our fatty gut. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to start exercising more. Yeah. It's going to be great. I already have. Oh, uh, yeah? You started exercising more? Yeah, my arms hurt. Oh, did you did I you flew in from glove? Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know which of the two, like... I, the, well, so there's death and pestilence. And war and famine. So, right, we don't have we don't have uh, right. Yeah, war. we definitely don't have war, right? Because that's the the red one. The pale horse is is death, and so that's the ghost horse. Oh, is it okay? And then I think was it? It's probably are plague and pestilence two different horsemen of the apocalypse? Famine and pestilence, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think pl- plague, plague and pestilence are the same. Okay. Um, um, yeah, yeah, because like pestilence is like what your crops get ruined, and then famine is everybody starves. And yeah, but your crops get ruined because everybody, you know, yeah. your crops get ruined because everyone starves. Right. Like, okay, all right. There's also the horse of of reverse causality, yeah. which just fucks everything <laughs> up. Um, it's just man, just like, but all your be a, but all your teacups are now put back together. That would be a good uh, a good like Dungeons and Dragons spell, a good tabletop RPG spell, yeah. like sphere of reverse causality. Oh wow. Like you just have to start justifying every, God, every effect. That's so hard to think about. Based on the, I know. It's great. It'd just be, it'd be just like Looper. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I have to cut Paul Dano's fingers off because his fingers just disappeared. <laughs> it's great. Um, Troy says, where does the flush water from all those toilets go? Is there a sewage system in the West or am I flooding out some gophers? No, there's the septic. I feel like a se- septic tanks had been invented then. Uh-huh. That seems, I guess a leech field is not out of Yeah, okay. Control. Originating in France, septic tanks were invented by Jean Moraz around 1860. Wow. So, like, it, it's, huh. people don't think about how recent the Old West was. Yeah. Like, New York was, like, fully-ass civilized and, like, a real city. Like, it, it, it was, like, it's, it's you know, it was, like, a hundred years post-Industrial Revolution. Right before the automobile right like that's yeah, yeah. like th- this game takes place 10 years before the invention of the car like it's i i was trying to figure out whether like at a certain point very soon the 60s clint eastwood westerns are going to be closer in time to the period that they depict than they are to us if it's yeah. not already happening um 
It just wasn't that long ago. Like, this game takes place three years before my grandfather was born. Wow. Like, it's... Um, yeah, so yeah, they have septic, they have septic tanks. <laughs> That's, I did look this stuff up. Like I, I made oh. sure and researched, I made sure to research which things like had been invented yeah, and yeah. stuff. That and Sears catalog yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah that was huge. Riff and I both bought copies of the 1890, was it 1895 or 1898 uh, or what? Seven. Okay. So we, the, you can, you can buy a reproduction of the 1897 Sears catalog and it's, it's nuts. It's, it's awesome. so good. We, I don't remember if you were with me or not. Riff, did you go to Goldfield with me? I, I went to a thing with you. I, I don't remember what it was named. I think it might have been. Yeah, I think it was that, that ghost town that, uh, Dave, uh, Nightmare goes the to one, all the time. The one where, where they had like that fake shivering elevator that takes you down into the fake coal mine. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. The fake, the fake mine. But, but it's like, it's not like a spooky haunted fake mine. It's right. just a fake mine where they teach you about mining technology and stuff. Yeah. But they just, they had a book there that was just this reproduction of the 1897 Sears catalog, which we were like, oh fuck, like this alone made this worth the trip. And then we just found out that you could buy it on Amazon and so bought copies of it. And that's where like all the food and stuff comes mm-hmm. from. Like, uh, just like looking through that was such a great source of We'll have to do the same thing for, we'll have to find one from the twenties. There was, it's funny that the, um, in the circus, the, the clown says, you know, you ask the balloon, you ask the, the clown what color the balloons are. And he says, they're all red, which is, which is, you know, a good gag just because of the nature of the game. But also it turns out all balloons were red at that time. (laughs) It was just the nature (laughs) of manufacturing. All they had were red balloons for several years. Well, how did they make how did they make balloons at that point? Because they didn't have I'm plastic. Not sure. Yeah. They, well, they're, they, they were they're rubber, rubber, rubber. They were like right. Aren't they rubber. still? Was there latex now? But yeah. latex is still is latex petroleum? I think so. No. Oh. So I think so. Rubber must be like from the actual like rubber tree, right? Yeah. yeah. Huh. I mean, you can vulcanize it. Okay. Which means you, giving it yeah, the you, blessing of the god Vulcan. <laughs> oh, I was going to say you pinch it on the Spock. neck so it falls Oh, yeah. Out. There you go. You pinch it on the neck and it becomes, <laughs> yeah, it, just, it straightens Passes up. Out. Yeah, it becomes much more durable. Yeah. Um, Storm says, hey, guys, how come the game is four gigs if I only downloaded 170 megs? Congrats on the launch. So I have been noticing this with a lot of Unity games. Um Steam has two different numbers for the game. Mm-hmm. One is it knows how much space it's going to take up when it's expanded. And the other one is that it knows how much it has to download. And it will tell you that the download is going to be the bigger size. And then when it actually starts downloading, it will say it's going to be the smaller size because it like wh- because it gives you the space required and you mm-hmm. think that's what it's going to download. But it's it's not. It's like that's it's going to download something and then de- it. decompress it into that amount of space. Um, and. The nature of our art <laughs> means a couple of things. It means that one, all of the sprites have to be really, really, really big in order to display right. Um, so like they just look like garbage. The, the buildings, not really the buildings, but like the, if you're in an area where there's a cave or a mine door in the side of a mountain that exists as a, as a foreground element, that mountain is the maximum texture size that Unity can handle, which I think is because it's the maximum texture size that the video cards are. Are designed to be able to store six by forty ninety six. Yeah, but because it is almost entirely just big areas of white or transparent, it compresses like crazy. Yeah. Um. So, it's the textures have to be really big, or they or they look bad at like off pixel sizes, which 
everything is at an off pixel size because these things are being rendered in 3d space so <laughs> that you, you end up with just a ton of uh, uh like just a lot of artifacting and things looking gross if you don't if you're like not using the same mip map level for every sprite and so we just have to like things have to be so much bigger than they would normally have to be um, um, we have not we basically did zero like intelligent uh texture atlasing though um yeah, that's where instead of storing all of the images as individual pieces of data you put them in, in you arrange them in squares in bigger squares yeah. um as opposed to every texture having to be contained in a data structure that is the size of the smallest square that it will fit in yeah. you can put a bunch of them in a little you know square honeycomb um yep and then and so some of that is being done so that, that'll make it take up less space like by half or more that's good so it'll it'll probably eventually be closer to a gig, um, but yeah, that that was like a, so, uh, because hard drives are cheap, <laughs> uh, that was a low priority target for us before launch. So, Majijim says, "Are you guys sharing any business information? I have no idea how much money it actually costs for you to make a West of Loathing type game. It is it was a job for three people for three years, right? Yeah, how many copies do you have to sell to break people. even? Yeah, it was seven people." Um, and we went so, to several different cons. We like it's it's a little difficult to figure out like dividing the four of uh, like me and and hot stuff and riff and CD Moyer. Yeah. Um, we spent some of our time on KOL and some of our time on West of Loathing for all, for almost all of the development. So it's kind of hard to divide that up. But like I think our our baseline is we probably spent three hundred thousand dollars making well, West of Loathing. What I was thinking was closer to we we're basically spending about ten thousand dollars a month on West of Loathing. Okay, and we spent about three years making the game. So it's about it's about $350,000. Okay. So, uh, like, after Steam's <clears throat> cut, uh, we need to sell 50,000 copies of the game at full at price, full price uh, to, to recoup on that. That said, we didn't need to recoup because yeah. we had a bunch of money that KOL was making. Uh, we had a bunch of money that we got for doing that uh, contract game, and a lot of what we spent on KOL resulted in us having this engine West that, of the, the the yeah sorry the west of loading re- resulted in us having this engine that we specifically designed to be as flexible as possible to make other games in yeah if we and, had sold 10,000 copies like which is what was what we were like really shooting for as like an upper limit uh we were going to be okay we were going to be okay but we would have probably not been able to like keep west the animator on full time or yeah. victor the programmer on full time moving forward so th- things would have been more limited in yeah. scope we just would have been it would have been harder work for fewer people yeah. moving into the future um we've sold 35,000 copies so far so we're nice. like almost certainly going to reach 50,000 by the end of the year yeah um I mean, if it keeps up the way that it is, which I just can't it think, can't. It, I can't we're, imagine we're gonna that get it will. Knocked, we're going to get knocked out. Of we'll get day. knocked out of the top ten, and then and then that'll drip. I think that'll sales will just fall off a cliff at yeah. that point. And, and instead of fine, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, no, that's no, right. Instead of instead of selling a few thousand a day like we are now, we'll sell a few hundred a day, which will be or great. Tens a day or something. <laughs> well, sure, but it slows yeah. way down. Yeah. You know, we just we'll stop getting we'll stop getting the amount of featuring that that Steam provides. Yeah. We'll also eventually saturate. Like even though we have this huge amount of awareness bouncing around, we'll eventually saturate. That said, we've got we're on sixty five thousand wish lists on yeah. Steam, which means that there is some sale percentage threshold at which a lot of those people will probably buy the game. So after we, you know, so you can maybe get like half of what 
the what the game costs out of them and then steam takes their cut and yeah that stuff so um but yeah we, like basically the the business information that is that is necessary for for our for our hopeful fans who care about us is everything is fucking great and <laughs> yeah. we're, we're like we're just we we're can, like now we just get to like barrel full yeah, speed ahead we can do like stuff. we we get right. like the whole yeah. band can stay together and we can just keep working on this stuff and everyone can keep living in the cities that they live in <laughs> yeah. and like no you know nobody has to move back in with their parents yeah. and it like it's 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 and we're not great. doing anything super stupid i don't think we're like hiring up we're not like we're just gonna yeah. like we're gonna have we're, some like, like i think we are on the we're on the edge of it maybe would make sense to hire another person but probably maybe. not yeah we'll see and it's it's definitely not like abundantly clear that that's the right thing to do yeah but it's a conversation that we should be having yeah that's true. um it you know it would be nice to not have to focus on KOL as much as I feel like I should, you know, sure. I mean, I could always choose not to, but I like that doesn't like I, 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 I remain in the position where I wish that I could hire someone else to do my job on KOL. Right. Sure. Ex- except for the art. And, and it's just, That's it's not so tough. I know. I know it's I like, I don't, I don't know that I believe that it's, Chris has been doing a great job of of orchestrating it such that there's things going on and that's like he he really he really had an ace in the hole there uh that's totally the wrong phrase he had an ace up his sleeve yeah. he really had a lot of tricks up his sleeve there and really rose to the occasion um everybody just everybody just kicked their kicked their ass <laughs> busted, busted their yeah ass. everybody God, just yeah, everybody just busted their teeth everybody also kicked our tired. asses off <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, especially like the last six months, everybody's been working real, real hard. Yeah. yeah. Hamfish boy, howdy says, my friends, I am enjoying West of Loathing so much. You've created something amazing, and I'm thrilled to see how popular it is. I'm proud of you all, and I hope you're proud of yourselves. Yay. What are your plans now? We definitely are, and thank you so much for saying so. Hamfish, you've been, you've been, uh, you've been a loyal fan for as long as I can remember, and uh, I mean, damned fish. <laughs> um, so yeah, our plans now are DLC uh, ports to other OSs and. Mm. Uh, um, starting to think about the next yeah, game. Yeah, starting to think about the next game. Which we, I mean, we've just, like, we've been having conversations about the next game off and on over the last few months. Um, I'm going to go up to Portland to, well, actually, you are too now. Uh, Kevin and I are going to go up to Portland next month to hole up in an Airbnb or a house with Riff and a bunch of whiteboards and, and really design DLC stuff. Um, then we'll see how, then we'll see A, how fast we can actually crank that stuff out yep. and be whether anybody buys it. And then we'll have a much yep. better idea of whether that's a good like prioritization of our time. Um, it is, it is really easy to make like small bits of content for this yeah. game. And so like the idea of like, we could just make a, like a one-off little zone and just drop it in as like just a free content, free update. content yeah. update. Yeah. Yeah. And that's crimbo. Uh, not- I, yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah, or like, it, like, it, yeah, holidays are pretty easy. Like, fun little side, like a single, adding a little side quest and stuff. Like, all that's real easy. Um, it's yeah, distur- disturbingly so, kind of. Jekadu says, "Can you expand a little bit on the lack of Native Americans in West of Loading?" Yeah. Um, 
I talked about this. There, uh, I did an interview with a guy who's writing a, a piece for Rolling Stones games website. Um, I don't know when that'll be out or if it'll touch on the, the conversation that we had about it there. But I, I just kind of decided early on that we didn't have anything important to say about the genocide aspects of the setting that we were working in. So we just decided to kind of omit it and to be careful not to make the goblins seem like they were Native American stand-ins. Yeah. yeah. Like the only real rule about them was, you know, like no, no headdresses, no, like they, they don't live in teepees. Like that. They, they just don't like even, even like in KOL, there are occasional like accidental shamanism tropes in the goblins right not accidental in the sense that we didn't do them on purpose but like because like just we just did that because that's that's a thing that happens in you know your typical like you know really racist inspired tolkien (laughs) fantasy right so uh, like i i don't know how important it was to be careful with that you know because then we thought on the other side well i mean maybe do we get criticized for whitewashing it and just like for straight up ignoring that aspect of what was going on in that period of time it's like well nobody criticized back to the future three for not like having a hot take on (laughs) my and my other argument is that this is not earth right like it's clearly modeled on earth but it's not the same i mean like there's just too much other weird shit going on. Sure, this is a this is a planet where there aren't anything except bikinis. <laughs> like, well, there's just there's two moons. There's you know <laughs> demonic cows. Like, I don't think our cows are demonic. Maybe they are. It's, no, it's hard to know. C J walking kine. Mm-hmm. No, don't get it. If each of you wanted to go off on your own and make a little indie game by yourself, what would you make? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. I have I've I've been noodling around a game for years that the puzzle scripts no uh it's it's like sort of sort of inspired by Pepper 2 Oh yeah it's like a hacking game right okay like I Pepper, would, Pepper classic arcade game that no one has heard of exactly. Pepper 2 yeah <laughs> Where was Pepper 1 I don't know No yeah. um but I'd, I would love to like that just sort of is I'm just constantly sort of like turning on that on the back of my head. And That's I think cool. If, if I if I ever had to do something on my own, I would probably try that and it probably would not be very good. Yeah. Um, but I've had a, a an RPG maker game bumping around in my head for a while, but the it, it would require some features that I I'm not sure exist in any version of RPG maker that I can run on the Mac. So I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Or could you just make it in, in the in the Yeah, could you West make it in the West engine? of Loathing engine? Could yeah. you make it in Wolverine, which is definitely what the West of Loathing <laughs> engine is called? Well, no, because it's it's um explicitly a, a satire of classic JRPGs, so it kind of Oh, so it would need to be look. like tile-based pixel art. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what does it stand for? The engine is West, West of, of Loathing, Loathing. Very extensible. Right. Uh yeah, very extensible something interactive narrative engine. What does the R stand for? Very extensible, robust interactive yeah, narrative engine. Robust. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. It's pretty good. Wolverine. So um, so which which bit of that engine is snicked? <laughs> Maybe that's like uh that's the combat and Oh yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, okay. 
Um, <laughs> super that's nice. So, that's, <laughs> that's super. That's great because yeah. that's like that's when the claws yeah. come out is yeah. during combat. It's super nice. nice interactive combat technology. There it's combat go. like yes. a, like Mortal Kombat yeah. with a K. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although, really, it, uh, a name that. Uh, Somewhat like somewhat disappointing, mediocre combat engine would be more of a. <laughs> I I think it, assuming that my life calms down a bit at, while the two of you are like building out stuff, and I'm like if I, if I like get caught up on just bugs, I think I will go back through and like try to do some combat tweaks. I would be careful not I don't, to make it crazy. I I don't I'm not I don't want to make it harder. I just want to make it more interesting. Yeah. That's all. Like just just more variety because I I like that was the criticism. I don't care if people think it's too easy. I do feel like I do. If people think it's too boring or too repetitive. Boring or repetitive. Yeah, that's, that's, that's bad. Like, I just want there to be more stuff going on. And I feel like yeah. that's something that I can do. And it would be great for me to like spend a bunch of time yeah, like, just thinking of fun, to, weird things to do in combat. Right. And really like kind of getting your hands dirty in the, yeah. in the combat scripting stuff. Cause it's, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to do. Yeah. Cool stuff in there. Yep. Um, uh, C legs. Kenny says, uh, in an interview, I saw Jick mention a lot of potential settings weren't funny. What settings were considered and what made them less funny? Are you still most interested in heading to space next? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think we can kind of make any setting funny. I mean, we, like, it'd be harder for us to do, like, really dark stuff, I think, yeah. maybe. Like but like, I mean, just... <laughs> I, think it, I think we would have trouble sticking to it. Like, when... Years and years ago, I ran a, a Call of Cthulhu game and my, for some friends of mine, and my intention was to try and keep it serious and dark, but we're all just wisecrackers and clowns. So <laughs> you, you, you just can't maintain that if you're, if your natural instinct is to make jokes. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I don't think the, the, that I want to do a space game next. That's the one that I have the hardest time imagining, like, what it looks like and how it plays. I, I think, you know? I, I honestly think that all we need to do is sit down for a day and we will f- arrive at something. And just start, start messing um, with that. Because yeah. I am super excited about space and I really want to yeah. do space. But I, it doesn't have to be, it can be, it can it be game, be next, it can be game three or whatever. Like, yeah. what, what I really want to, to make is, is to try to do a spiritual successor to Star Control 2. Yeah. And I, I think we have it in us to do that. I think we but I, need to, like, set aside a, a year or two a to year like, to yeah to re- like to to like because I, there needs to be ship to ship combat and yep. like what does that mean like do we be, do we invent a turn-based ship to ship combat well, thing that's like time we can, it's we, unity we can make a real-time thing yeah but not to work on a fucking phone well, yes I mean, that's we, the, yes it can work on a phone okay, it will be fine okay <laughs> all right if you say so if you say so, it's gonna be great if you say so yeah no i like for the combat to be like shmuppy that seems great to me but yeah. it's I, you know it's a it's a lot of unproven stuff for us but I, we if can I, definitely make funny conversations with funny aliens and if and, you can if you can either let the game play out the combat just like star control or you can yeah, yeah. skip it yeah, I, or you can I do a puzzle solving ai yeah. that just uh, <laughs> Puzzle solving cyborg. Yep. Um, I also really want to do a cyberpunk hacking game. Yeah, that's another one that I don't really know how we would do. I don't care. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, sure. Sure. I mean, but I, mean those, like, I think we do. I think we the stuff that we're not sure about, we, we push off later because yeah. we will learn so much more yeah. up to that point yeah. and have more tools and like have more ideas. Yeah, and also like it, the, the, the minute we get this engine such that it is like... <sighs> 
Like, I think what probably happens is the dev build just starts to get a selector on which game you're running, and we can just each have our own little data repository of uh-huh. stuff we're dicking around with, right? And so we can just prototype a bunch of stuff oh, on yeah. our own. That's true. And, like, yeah. Wow, yeah. Neat. Um, CJ Kinney says, can we get a breakdown of how writing happened? From the pods, it sounded like it was a mick of, a mix of, a mick of Jix Xing Rick to write <laughs> things and Riff just writing on his own. How does that all work for West of Loathing? Yeah, a lot of the time it was like, uh, okay, this is a ghost town riff, write a bureaucracy puzzle. Yeah. And then that's how, that's or, how Ghostwood was born. And some, some of it was more granular, like you'd, like the, the per- professor stuff was, you had like a little bracket of text saying, like, Here's a conversation where he tells you about a transmitter, and and you'd put a little note on that, and I'd see that and go, all right, I'll write a little conversation here. <laughs> yeah, those were those were more often notes that I had left to myself to write, and then as we got later in development, and you had more spare cycles than I did, more of that writing got assigned to you instead of instead of me. Um, so but, like on the back end, we had uh, like which is a thing that we started doing in KOL a couple of years ago, which was just great. Was just the ability to to make notes to each other, like, "Hey, look at this thing. Can you do this here or whatever?" And like, it's just so good while you're in, like just in the middle of working, you can be like, "Oh," and just leave a note for somebody. And then the next time they like asynchronously, the next time they come on, they can look through their notes, see what's. Yeah, they just have a list of everything that was asked for. Yeah. Like, I'll make an item, and then I don't know exactly what the enchantment should be, and rather than, like, looking it up in the big chart, I just say, Kevin, double-check this enchantment. Yeah. And then he can do all of those at once when he has time, or, you know, riff, write this. If, like, if a a combat skill is bugged and Kevin doesn't know how to fix it, he's like, Zach, there's a problem with this, and then that just shows up on my list, and I can just click on it and fix it right there in the tools. Like, C.D. Moyer did such a great job of making the tools that we had to change almost nothing over the course of development about how the tools actually yeah. work. It was all just like really minor tweaks about like, uh, this could be slightly more streamlined. Um, I feel so good about where we are right now. It's weird. It's, it's like <laughs> the world is falling, uh, falling apart around us and we're like, yay. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, CJ Kenny also writes in the past you did, you demoed how the game was basically one giant JSON file that was then used to build the game. Is that JSON file still how the game works? I'm mainly interested in the potential for pro- player created mods to that file. Love the game. Yeah. I don't know that we're ever going to straight up just expose that stuff, but w- just because I don't know that that actually makes sense from a deployment perspective, but I could definitely see a year from now after we're done making dlc and done like we'd say okay this engine is frozen now right like the the west of loathing engine is just this is what it is from now on like not no more engine updates um just putting a thing on the main menu to like load local json as a mod and then just give uh it would be hard to share our content creation tools because they are a web app yeah. Right, it's not just like a thing that uh, that you but can people just can roll their run. own. People could roll their own because yeah, we can just share the data formats the of stuff. Trick and would be that you'd have to own. only ever reuse art assets. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, we could also just build in the thing that we did, which is like there's a directory under here that you can just put PNGs in, oh, and the yeah. game just loads them, and they're not part of our asset stack. That's true. Um. It'll it'll start doing weird stuff, but yeah, it'll get it'll slow way down. Yeah. That's if you if you're loading assets one at a time from disk, yep. it 
the game is way less performant uh music especially for whatever reason like when the music is baked into the unity project it's really easy and quick to access and when we're actually pulling it from disc you get like real noticeable pauses whenever you switch to a place that is playing music that isn't already in ram uh, uh, especially on slower machines yeah yeah it's um it's been interesting to be working on software that actually has to like run on computers instead of in a browser you know true. like <laughs> Uh, Dr. Dake says, hey, it's friend of the show, David Bass. Was Ghostwood, the name of the town, not the horrifying bureaucracy, intentionally named after Twin Peaks? Where's the estate located? Can I go there? <laughs> not intentionally. It was just such an obvious name for the town. I was like, ah, I'm going to name it this. <laughs> the, the, I mean, I, I'm familiar, of course, with the Twin Peaks town, or, well, it's not a town, but the, the Twin Peaks thing, but, uh, it wasn't really connected. No. Yeah. It was like it was a little. I feel like there was a little bit of pushback to having both a breadwood and a ghostwood, but they they just both they're seem, fine. They're just, yeah, they yeah. just sound so good that it's hard to. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like the alternatives like Ghostburg yeah. or whatever, you know, like. Um, uh, Captain Spam says, "In West of Loathing, is the way you presented El Vibrato a lot closer to what you originally had in mind than with the El Vibrato stuff in KOL?" Yeah, I mean. Because we didn't ever animate, well, it was animated, but the actual, like, stuff that I imagined happening in those black lines on stuff wasn't animated. This isn't, the thing that we landed on for this is not perfect, but it was, it was easy. We yeah. needed to not spend a shitload of time on that particular visual effect, and it's, it looks cool. It's like a, it's like sine plasma mixed with some other kind of plasma and the way that the art assets for that work is pretty cool it the the actual sprites have yeah the actual channel. sprites have a blue in them and the blue channel is used to apply uh the alpha to the like the the fog the the the, the plasma effect is just being generated as a flat sheet and the blue channel in the things and i just have like a brush in paint shop that just i trace all of the the black channels with and the blue gets replaced with uh that that point of the plasma yeah. and the brightness of it is determined by the the saturation of the blue channel in the so yeah it's pretty cool um you can see it a little bit. There's one El Vibrato thing that's broken, and it has a big section of blue, so you can see a lot oh, yeah. of uh, you can see a lot of the the plasma <coughs> through it. That's not just the channels. We, what we wanted was like little bursts of energy, like kind of darting down the channels. Yeah, but that that was it was going to be what we didn't want was a thing where we had to spend a lot of time and I mean, making so, yeah, hand, hand working hand, on the, hand, like, hand. like deciding where, like we could have done a system for little things jumping around and said, okay, like instead of just drawing a blue line where we wanted the effect, like, okay, here is the coordinates where things need to go up. Here's the coordinates right. where things need to go diagonally up and to the left and like done a, you know, done that more system systemy. Um, but yeah, um. Yes, the Elvibrato stuff is what the, the Elvibrato audio stuff is super cool. Yeah, I was I was able to do all of the. There's only like a few things on the sound side that I did myself. I did all of the Elvibrato speech using a synthesizer that my mom got me for Christmas like three years ago that has a bunch of like robotic sounding vocoder things in it. Uh, and I did all of the piano for the annoying 
children's piano song <laughs> samples in the millinery. The, the public domain rag um, or whatever. Yeah, public I didn't do public domain rag. Like I couldn't I couldn't figure out like a simple enough arrangement of maple leaf rag, so I just reduced it to three songs instead of four. Uh, the public domain Rose of Texas. Um <laughs> my old public domain home. And I stopped I think I stopped that before it gets to the real racist part of the song. How how is it racist when it's just notes? Well, it wouldn't be, but if if if, if you heard the lyrics, oh. there's there's this whole thing about how the darkies all are gay. Huh. Um. Wow. Meaning, like, yeah, it's great in our old Kentucky home. Right. The slaves are real happy. Yeah. So everything's cool, right? <laughs> like that's <Jesus>. good, huh? <laughs> Check us out, Kentucky. Like, anyway, uh, and they just sing it at the Kentucky Derby every time, and it's like, wow, wow, this is like. <laughs> I wonder who these people voted for last November. Anyway, uh, yeah, the world, huh? Uh, Zach C says, hi, guys. Congratulations on the awesome launch. Loving the game. What sort of content are you guys sorry you had to cut during West of Loathing's development? Any any notable puzzles or locations that just didn't work out right? There's a puzzle box that was supposed to be a puzzle, and it's not a puzzle. (laughs) Yeah, although I did, when I wrote the Kevin note on that, I was like, alternatively, it can just be a missed check, and no one will will know that it was ever supposed to be anything else. Um, I don't know if anybody's actually, if somebody's got to have found that by, by now. Yeah, I think so. Like that, I, that's another thing that I spent a lot of time on that a lot of people are not going to see is yeah. every, there's six NPC shopkeepers that you can rescue out in the world and send to Dirtwater to open stores. And every one of them has a different unique item that they'll start selling based on the re- the restaurant based on the the <laughs> store that moves into the to the east of them to the right of them you're, in your original spec every time you added a store it would add a new item down the whole chain really yeah and then you, you scaled that back and you're like oh my god that's so many extra items yeah and so it was a lot of work even as it was yeah. that that was like a couple of weeks of just making those stores and the stuff that they sold. And as I was doing it, I was like, fuck, some of these things are so hard to find. Yep. Like the, the store itself is hard yeah, to find. Yeah. And the, so the bookstore is, is, yeah, the bookstore, you have to really, tree, you have to AF. really have dug down into the, and you know, the stuff that you get for you, they're just like passive perks they're that really are really cool. They're good. They're yeah. good skills, but like you have to really know ahead of time what you're going for. And it's like, just not, I don't know. I wish that, I think that it will be nice because that stuff will continue to pay off in DLC later, right? Like it's that like people can play through and have a game sitting in a, in a particular state and they can have like whatever they want. Sure, yeah. And then yeah. they can have that stuff for for DLC content. There was a, there was supposed to be another goblin encampment in the northwest um that just got cut for not mm. It didn't get like it was less stuff getting cut for for scope or for time than it was stuff getting cut because we didn't have a very good idea for it. Mm. You know, there were and more bandit encampments that got repurposed for things. Yeah. yeah, there were twelve instead of five bandit, and they were in different regions. Encampments, too. yeah, and they were they were more spread out. But I'm glad. But it really they turned into like the bandit encampments were there were supposed to be six in the eastern third of the map and then three that you got as quests from Breadwood and three that you got as quests from Judge Roy Bean and having those not just be bandits that you click a wanted poster and go do the like like I think that makes it feel less samey those kind of got folded into other stuff that was like the Jellybean bandits had been 
we had a we had a thing that we had conceived of oh, where the train robbers the train robbers yeah like there was this there was this little town and every day at 4 p.m. a train full of bandits would come down the track rob the town and then take the train back to their hideout and it was just like a why do you keep waiting why don't you move like what why why are you doing this and that you could either write a little handcart out to them and I think there might still be some dialogue in the game where they make fun of the handcart that you wrote in on, even though there's not a handcart anymore. If I didn't, I think that was cut. Okay. But yeah. Um, So you could either write a handcart out and take the fight to them. And that was what the Jellybean Bandits encampment was, was like their little shack. And you had taken a handcart out there. And that's why your partner's not there. That's why they weren't there. Or maybe, no, maybe they were. I think think I added that. And then um, you could also like, there was a, there was like a shed full of junk that you could use to set up increasingly elaborate ambushes for them and then you could wait until they came back into town but it just never really materialized like i just i kept putting it off and putting it off because i didn't really know how to approach it and then i ended up just just saying well you know what the jail in dirtwater is slightly shorter um (laughs) nobody will know there were supposed to be six instead of five the there was a goblin camp and there were bandits who lived in the giant cactus and I couldn't figure out where the goblins lived or what the bandits in the cactus were supposed to be like. So I thought, hey, I got an idea. Why don't I combine these into one actual idea? Um, the circus was originally a lot more. Well, the 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 circus eventually, uh, originally had an extra layer to it, which was that if you got the clowns really pissed off or just straight up decided to attack them, you could turn the entire place into a combat zone uh, where just every every clown you encountered would attack you instead of talking to you and you could yeah and you could recruit the three the three people in the in the freak show to to fight on your side um with like the the eye the eyeball guy being a boxer and the the uh, the two faced guy being a knife fighter and um, uh, I forgot Janet in in her big metal box gets a Gatling gun from somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> but but when I when I got down to like fully implementing all the dialogue and everything in the in the circus, I was like this this isn't gonna this <laughs> this isn't gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, like I think that you you are you are inclined to design things that have a lot of like breadth of game states i i tend to be more careful in not not more careful but just more like i don't want to i know i don't want to code a really complicated version of this so i'm just gonna kind of try to distill it to this the the simplest version of the outcome like not not having things where it's like sometimes this character is hostile and sometimes this character is friendly means a million edge cases you don't have to write yeah you know, so like, yeah, you know, it, it would be one, <laughs> it would, it would be easier. Like if you could just declare war on the clowns or not the first time you went there. And then that determines whether it goes to the friendly version right. of the circus or the hostile version of the circus, but being able to shift gears at any time just makes it so fucking complicated. Yeah. It, it is really cool when that does happen though because people do like they do notice and they do appreciate it yeah when when people react to things that you've done but it's like it just it results in these situations in any video like even bethesda's version of this is so fucked up and goofy like the 
the slavers camp in Fallout 3, like, even if you've killed everyone in there, it's still, it's still like you can't take anything without it counting as stealing yeah, because yeah. you might be, you might in another life have been friends with these people. And it's like, ah, man, that's such a mess. Yeah. Like just, it's, it's so hard to like do that in a way that doesn't break. Our, our scripting language is strong enough to do it. Yeah. It's just, it just, it it's just how it. convoluted you are yeah. willing to let it get. It's just a bunch of, it's, it's so much more work than just doing two things, each yeah. of which was like one of the outcomes, yeah. you know? It, yeah. And it's like, it, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad idea. Like, I mean, the circus would be cool if there were, if there was a way for it to just like big turn into a fight if you, if you messed up, but it's just, yeah, it was just too much work yeah. for, yeah, for the, the sort of scope yeah. that we had. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, Baz Fum says, how did you come up with the antivirus? That was, I think, just a joke from Kevin yeah. on a conference call. We we're like, uh, what does Norton do to you? And it's like, he makes you install his antivirus. Yeah. Like, ah, ha, ha, okay. And the, the, I found it extremely funny that the very first issue we had after launch was that Norton was giving us like a, a pop-up warning that was like oh i don't trust this this software <laughs> and i was like well good yeah good uh bmac says i love all the graves in the dave yard who is responsible for that zone that was that was all me i think i think yeah. i wrote all of the I stuff in all that i area. did in there was uh <clears throat> the 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 little the ceremony oh the yeah, yeah the, the summoning ce- ritual summoning for... ceremony yeah <laughs> which ritual. I had to read a bunch of those lyrics to find appropriate lines I actually that was really silly I uh I'd been screwing around with uh uh uh, uh oh, shit what do you call it that uh learning software that neural neural oh, yeah. network Rick, software Rick. yeah and I I like assembled a text file out of like something like 12 or 16 different albums worth of David Bowie lyrics and ran it through that neural network to see if it would come up with fake David Bowie lyrics. And some of it, some of it was kind of weird, but not it, it, it didn't end up being useful for that purpose. So I had to, I had to write it from scratch myself, but uh, it came out good. And we'll do one more question because this has gotten long and I think Jim's probably waiting for us to go. Oh, not here he's, yet. He's running late. Oh, so we have more time. If How late is he running? Another uh, half hour. Yeah. Oh, another I half said hour. Like five forty-five in Slack. Oh, okay. So, okay, that's that's fine then. Uh, we'll do a few more questions then. Bressag writes: I saw the option for colorblind mode and the options for West of Loathing. Does out? Does it change anything in the game, or is it just a goof for the black and white game? Was accessibility a major thought for the game? So, colorblind mode doesn't do anything. That's just a joke. Um, Which I think you're allowed to make because you're colorblind. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because um, I wouldn't have dared. Also, <laughs> uh, there's a White History Month in in <laughs> West of Loathing. I'm, I'm allowed to make that. Um, the so we did change one puzzle that required you to be able to hear. Um, the, and I think it's actually better now. Yeah, I do too. The fourth, the fourth millinery bandit. The way that you were supposed to identify them was by there was a snoring sound um, that you just had to use the positional audio to detect, and that was a thing. Like, oh, hey, positional audio. We should use that for a puzzle. Yeah. Um, but then somebody pointed out, like, a, it's just nonsense if you have the sound turned off, and it's impossible if you're deaf. So we just added once you've gotten close enough to them to accuse them, it just spawns a particle emitter on them, and it just lets you know that you can hear it. Um, we are, we really want to look into. 
accessibility for the blind options and i just don't know what that's gonna look yeah, like there there are um, some that would be well so so there's there's a, i feel like there's a whole slew of possibilities there's, there's there are some unity plugins that maybe just a screen reader is all we need and it just works i mean like, we'll we'll we're gonna yeah i mean ask like some people that so, have right. visual it, impairments like that something that would be it would be very us. easy to uh you know it would be very easy to do a text-only version of the map for instance, yeah. like that would be trivial, like yeah. because it, there's nothing, nothing about the map means anything other than just a menu. Right. Like if you can see it on the map, you can go there and that's how the map works. Like the way that the way that like sort of plot important limitations are are kept in in check is we don't let you discover any regions west of the mountains before you've gotten the railroad through the pass. Yep. So it's th- that's all just in the actual logic and there's nothing about moving on the map that's important that it be displayed visually and then it becomes a little more tricky when you're in just like when you're walking around a little area um because part of that is like wandering around and discovering stuff but we could also probably just have a list of objects yeah we could probably make a text version of that so like we might be able to just make a text a client that client yeah that just takes our data and just like re-renders it as text so that's sort of the like farthest end and then i think we're going to look at see what the like there are other people who have made accessible stuff and so we'll just see what what that yeah i've been saying this for a really long time but i really want to talk to somebody at the there's a there's an organization here in town called the san francisco lighthouse for the blind that has been recommended to us for like we can just go learn about how that stuff works yeah. and how to support it better. And I think that that's, I think that will be a, I'm guessing that a, a, a San Francisco based blind person's advocacy thing will know someone who can talk to us about making video games yeah. that are, there was a, there's a, there was a um, developer evangelist or something like that uh, from Google who approached Microsoft, us. wasn't it? Microsoft. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Microsoft. You're right. Right. Um, Sorry, I know with the black helicopter showing up. They, uh, they were sort of very serious about us figuring something out and that uh, they, they will have resources too. Like, I feel like we've got, at this point, we're like, we've got a good set of resources. We just need to like have some time, uh, because things are still kind of overwhelming. There's still just a ton of like bug reports and customer service stuff that we need to deal with. But we'll get there over the next few weeks. JXQZ writes, talk about Ryan Ike. The soundtrack is great, but it has one flaw. It's too short. JK, Ryan clearly put a lot of work into this and deserves all the credit <laughs> he can find. Until I buy West of Loathing, I'm playing Sit for a Spell on repeat. Favorite tracks from you guys? Beware the Gorvunculus. <laughs> um, oh my god, my favorite is definitely the disco uh, ban- banjo track. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Um, yeah, I like the... Uh, sad guitar track i forget Mm. what it it was weird because that was that was initially the moseying like Mm. that was the just around town thing but i was like "Mm, this is this should probably be for depressing places like this should be for uh environmental storytelling ranches which was (laughs) what was going on with the ranches sort of on the initial whiteboard didn't really get like stern's ranch more so sure um but the other ones just kind of became there there's 45 minutes of music nice yeah he's great yeah. Um, that soundtrack is great. I, uh, I think the battle music is real good. Mm. Um, the sound effects are all real good too. Yeah. The, the, uh, I really like the, I guess at this point it's only in the necromancer tower maybe. Oh yeah. The, the intense version of the cemetery music. Yeah. I think for, for the, for the spooky DLC we're talking about doing, I'm going to have him just write a new, like 
just way more xylophony spooky, you know, cool. like the, cause it, it's still the, the less spooky version of the cemetery music is still a little, it's, too it's a little intense tonally. I think, um, I like the El Vibrato ambient music stuff and I oh, really yeah. like the like Metroid flourish that you hear exactly once. Yeah. Um, the first time you go to a, to an El Vibrato place yeah. and it's like, that's, it's good. I just, I listen to that at least once a day just i have the i just have that folder um yeah i don't know he's just he was just so good at taking you know i mean gabi was really good at this too for for word realms like just taking stuff examples of stuff that i sent him and um yeah i sent him i sent him that redemption day by cheryl crow (laughs) as an example of a of the battle music i think actually um like obviously not tit for tat but like just i want it to be like a train like this and there's just train song you know like drops of jupiter it's like he had to work on two different games in two two western west yeah Yeah, because he was writing he was writing our music at the same time he was writing the music for where the water tastes like wine or woody woody woodlewood or whatever what you see is what you get yeah WYSIWYG. uh and are they're tonally so different yeah (laughs) from each other so i think it was it was fun for him he's so fucking great yep too he's just like super funny funny and charming and yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see him at pax yep me um, too. what is game says langley i don't know figure it out let us know um, um, um mads fox says longtime kol player here playing west of loathing was a very emotional moment for me as i set off into a kol like adventure with modern gameplay would you ever do a kol remake in west of loathing's engine or is it all new of loathing's forward never stop making games thanks buddy that's a really <laughs> sweet thing for you to say um i would love to make i mean probably not exactly like you know it's not just like, oh there's a spooky fort I and mean, of course there's gonna be a spooky forest and i guess of that's course the there's thing. we could like, like we could just take it as like a if we do <laughs> if we took kol as a design document yeah to then make another game or just like sort of a world bible yeah. right like because we d- i don't want i don't know that i necessarily want not necessarily all of the exact like, yeah, same like translate stuff. Yeah. the same quests yeah yeah yeah, but like the, the places, sure. Would the classes, I, sorceress classes would be great. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So like, so like, like the big, the big nails that a lot of the game is hung on. Yeah, and then just fill oh. it out with new stuff because you wouldn't, you also wouldn't want to read the same jokes again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, they would need to be all new writing and and probably like some new skills and stuff, right? We wouldn't like it just. It'd be, I think it, that it would be less fun. The more we hewed to the exact specs of KOL, the less fun it would be as a project to work on. And so the People less enthusiasm. People really want Ascension in, in West of West Loathing. Um, so it makes me think that that is a mechanic that even in a single player game, people would really be excited about. One that was designed to be, yeah, one that was designed to have a lot of branching paths through yeah. it, yeah. like, and just, oh, you know, it's just, it gets easier to explore these paths as you've done it more times because you don't have to fight as many monsters to get your stats up or whatever. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, that seems, that seems like a good idea. Um, well, okay. Robot, uh, robot. No, robotic egg. Wow, why was that so hard it's to? Double, it looks to like read. it's a tough word. It looks like Robotice GG. Yeah. Um. Good job. Good game. Good gob. Robotice. <laughs> um. Robot ice. Good game. Good game. Yeah. <laughs> What's one thing, lesson, concept, etc., that Jick slash Riff slash Kevin, sorry Jim, would like to take from West of Loathing and put into KOL? Hmm. Huh. Uh. Well, I mean, this is 
we've talked about this before, but uh, unique items. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, items items having an identity so that you can like things like the hat. We didn't do a ton of that in West of Loathing, but we can yeah. do a ton of it. Um, yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's it's extensible. We can do it whatever we yeah. want, whenever we want. We can change an item, and like it can. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, probably, I wish that uh, monsters and the player while in combat were more like the same kind of thing in KOL, like. You can de-level the monster, but the monster can't really de-level you, you know, whereas in West of Loathing, both work because it just makes a copy of the player to put in there and they can reduce your stats for the rest of the fight and and it's fine. Like, I don't think the combat in KOL is all that interesting. And I think that we got a third of the way to an interesting spot with the combat in West of Loathing. And I think the engine for for fights there has a lot of potential it's just we we didn't spend enough time balancing it and fleshing out the fights. Yeah. There were too there were too many. There was too much stuff. There were too many fights. Um, but like the I really like the fights in Fort Memoriam, like the miniatures battles where you have a bunch of different options for stuff to do on your side on your turn, and you and you have like multiple very distinct enemies with their own behavior that really makes prioritization a thing that you have to think about. And it would be great if the entire game had more puzzly combat like that, but still rewarded you leveling up and stuff. And that's that's kind of where that falls down. Yeah. Um, you know, if we if we fine tuned every combat based on what class you were and what skills you had, for instance, like, you know. Like, I could imagine if we had it to do over again, designing all of the encounters from the ground up, knowing what the game was going to be like, we could say, okay, well, once you get this skill, you start, like, we'll just start putting more bandits in a row behind each other, but they're just additional bandits. So, like, you feel good that Fan Hammer is, like, mowing down lines of dudes, but the f- it's not just trivializing the fights by mowing down lines of dudes. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, Riff, what about you? Hmm. I like, I like the way West of Loathing's conversation system looks and works. Um, when, like, conversations in Kingdom of Loathing can tend to be just kind of wall of texty because, because I'm using, like, standard, standard fiction paragraphs. Uh, yeah. Having, having the little faces and, and the balloons breaks it up really nice in, in West of Loathing. I really like that we gave ourselves the space to have interlocution and like narration and like description. Yeah. Cause like if we, if we had just done everything in voice and had to show everything, it would have been such a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to do conversations in engine where you're just saying, making choices and it's popping up word bubbles on the characters. Yeah. That would have been oh, terrible. Yeah, yeah. That, that was just used as a little, little bit, little spicy bite every once in a while. Yeah. Um, Spicy fight. Yeah, you know, just a little little morsel. A little morsel of sweet, sweet content. Spicy, spicy content. Um, yeah. Um, somebody writes, I'm fully next-mexed and getting my butt kicked in the endgame. Should I just re-roll, or is there a place to safely grind up the thousands of XP to get HP and other stats up to levels where I'm not dying in combat so much? Yeah, I didn't... Uh, that's not real carefully balanced the you know it was meant to make you weaker uh but you can theoretically rely on 
it doesn't reduce your speed. So right. you, the idea, I guess, is that you get the jump and if you've cleared out Buffalo Pile, you should always have a supply of minions to fight for you. Um, they don't they don't scale up as well as I think people want. They yeah. they're they're not if you're trying to fight in the very end game, they're not at nearly as competitive. And you get you know you can also I think they might be bugged. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when I when I do them, they they're fine. But I have gotten multiple reports now of them having like all of them having missed as their primary stat hmm. doesn't make any sense because they like that just doesn't fit at all with the data structures so there's got to be some weird thing going on hmm. somehow and i just haven't had time to diagnose it yeah, weird yeah okay uh, i think we probably should go downstairs and wait for jim and we then should. go get some thai food and then record video games hot dog Yay. Yay, podcast all right thanks for thanks for doing this podcast with me fellas mm-hmm. it's been great it has been great thanks for uh thanks to you listeners for sending in all of your west of loathing questions and let's just try to do this again next week like we'll just maybe we'll talk about kol who knows sure. anything can we'll happen just do any ols mm-hmm. <laughs> lol we can talk about what yeah. makes us laugh laugh of loathing mm-hmm. um b pol the palestine organization for liberation okay um eol uh, electric orchestra light uh, sure i thought you were gonna say a- end of line aol uh america of out loud <laughs> 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 good night everybody <laughs> good night have a great week everyone <laughs> <laughs>